The Gov Innovator Podcast is sponsored by Mathematica, a trusted partner for government, philanthropy, and private sector changemakers working to improve public well-being through data and evidence. To learn more, visit mathematica.org. Welcome to the Gov Innovator Podcast. I'm Andy Feldman. Our focus today is on federal administrative data, in other words, big data produced by federal agencies and programs, and where we are towards the goal of allowing qualified researchers and program managers to access those data to help improve government performance. Our guest is Amy O'Hara of Georgetown University, formerly of the Census Bureau. Here's a clip. There are real questions that need to be addressed, real cures that need to be pursued, real policy change, more equity. We're, we're never going to understand racial equity unless we see data that actually has demographic characteristics in it. But a lot of times, program data is missing that. It may be through data linkage and big data that we're able to shine a light on that and really have societal change. Dr. Amy O'Hara is one of the leading experts on improving secure, responsible data access for research and evaluation. She's a research professor in the Massive Data Institute and executive director of the Federal Statistical Research Data Center at the McCourt School of Public Policy at Georgetown. She was previously a senior executive at the Census Bureau, where she founded their administrative data unit called CARA. She joins us by phone from Washington, D.C. Amy, welcome. Andy, it's delightful to talk to you again. I'm glad to do this. So Amy, start us off, if you would, with a basic building block of this conversation, which is what is administrative data and why is it valuable? Most of the time when we're talking about administrative data, we're referring to all of those encounters and transactions that have been picked up by government agencies as they are delivering services to us, as they're providing the healthcare for people that are on Medicare or as you're filing your taxes, or as you're applying for different programs. There's a lot of information that's being collected and it can be incredibly useful and share information about the effectiveness of those programs or about needs that might still exist where people are eligible but not participating in certain programs. Administrative data can share a lot of information about people without having to ask them. And that's great because a lot of the information we had been using in government for, for decades came from surveys. And so administrative data can be a great way to gather a lot more information with a lot lower burden and lower cost compared to the earlier ways of using data. So Amy, given those benefits that you just articulated of administrative data, potentially lower cost research and evaluation, potentially more accurate insights, um, lower burden for the public, where are we as a federal government in terms of enabling access to those data for qualified researchers or program managers so that they can use those data, improve results of government, all while protecting people's confidentiality and privacy? Well, I would say it depends who you are and it depends where you are. So there are some academic researchers who have learned the ropes. They have learned how you can work with federal agencies and they have navigated all of the pathways to get into the research data center network. And once you're in, it's easy to repeat that process 
But I do think that there are still enormous barriers to entry. It also depends what agency you're with and whether you can build the partnerships between agencies. But as both the Federal Data Strategy and the Evidence Act are, are pushing forward, we need to make that easier. Mm-hmm. We need to make it so that if you are an official at one agency and you know you need data from another agency, we've got to reduce the barriers and make it a repeatable process, a known process, that you'd be able to work across those agency lines. And Amy, there has been important progress in creating partnerships between agencies and with the Census Bureau. It seems like really important progress that needs to be built on. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. When I was at Census, I was I was really proud of the work that we were able to do with interagency partnerships and agreements. Uh, I think that at our peak, we ended up with about 20 of them. Uh, across agencies, we had partnerships with multiple agencies, including Veterans Affairs and the Army and Bureau of Prisons and Social Security. But a lot of those activities ended up having a lower priority because they were doing a decennial census. So we need dedicated resources and attention to evidence building, regardless of the core purpose of any of the agencies. We need to make sure that this is viewed as a separate standing priority to have secure and responsible use of data. Amy, in terms of what we need to do to achieve that vision, I know the Bipartisan Evidence Commission in its 2017 recommendations called for a national secure data service similar, as you've written, to the UK data service. And for our listeners who aren't as familiar with that, the NSDS would, in a nutshell, facilitate access to data for evidence building by creating temporary linkages between data sets for approved projects. Given that recommendation, and more broadly, where we are today, how would you articulate what we need to do to make progress in terms of responsibly sharing administrative data? I think the first thing that we need to do is repair public trust and the credibility of data and federal statistics. I think that through 2020, the census and the CDC have really been battered around. And I think that we need to rebuild the public trust that data can be captured that reflect actual events and that use of that data is both appropriate and responsible and necessary, absolutely necessary for functional government. So that is number one, and I'm gonna have a bookend at the other end of my answer, but number one, repair, trust, credibility of these data, and then the actual goods, what you need to do, you need to get legislation, you need to get funding, you need to get a vision and competent leadership for something like a national secure data service or for that functionality to exist in agencies. I'm not sure that it is solely the Census Bureau or the Department of Commerce, uh, like there was some thinking when the Evidence Commission had met. I think that there are lots of agencies that have very solid data linkage units and those need to be nurtured, they need to be networked. I think that you could have trusted third party or honest broker units within agencies. We already have that to some extent because there's a lot of data linkage going on for validation. 
and it happens seamlessly. Like when federal student aid needs to ping over to IRS data to validate income. It just happens. It happens without people thinking about it too much. How do you get that sort of easy, efficient, secure data linkages happening? And so when we're talking about this, we focus on federal agencies. And I want to take another uh, moment here to say we want national statistical capacity, not just federal. It's going to be really important to make sure that we are appropriately using data from state and local jurisdictions and that they are going to get something out of it. So it's really the incentive structure about who is going to be using the data, for what purpose, and then who is going to be able to take advantage of those important insights and learnings that come from that. So getting better data all, all the way from the point of origin and increasing that use at the local planner, at the local stakeholder, the local official level is going to make a better data pipeline for the feds for evidence building. And I'd like to point out this isn't open data or it's not just open data. This isn't saying let's take this information and, and put it on a website. This is making sure that we can connect across sources in a highly secure and an ethical way. That's really useful, Amy, including that last point about open data. I want to ask you about one final topic, related topic, which is that something you've emphasized, this conversation around responsible data sharing often focuses on the risks involved in doing that, while not necessarily acknowledging the really important risks of not doing this. For example, the risks of not understanding program dynamics, not understanding whether programs work and how they could be improved. Absolutely. I think that not explaining to people the, the risks of not knowing, of not using the data, of not evaluating policies and programs, of not understanding what the outcomes are, I think that that is not discussed very often. And I think it needs to be because it, it is likely to get people more comfortable with the use of their data or data about their community for them to understand that it isn't just a fishing expedition, that there are real questions that need to be addressed, real cures that need to be pursued, real policy change, more equity. We're, we're never going to understand racial equity unless we see data that actually has demographic characteristics in it. But a lot of times, program data is missing that. It may be through data linkage and big data that we're able to shine a light on that and really have societal change. Those are terrific insights. My thanks to Dr. Amy O'Hara for being with us today. Amy, thank you. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun. 